What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm here, Sapoon, with your original Web. How's it going, dude? Good, man, good. Uh, here it is after 763 years of, <laughs> of a season. Here we are. <laughs> Damn near about to wrap it up, and that, and and then there were two. Um, not like Brayden's gonna be gone forever. Don't panic, everyone who loves Brayden. It's fine. He's still here. <laughs> I mean, just just to speak to that, uh, we were recording with him, but there's some assholes who are putting out uh, fireworks out there in his neighborhood. So you know, with a dog, that is not very pleasant. So if you're listening to this podcast and you live in his neighborhood in Atlanta, please uh, stop. That is all I am going to say. But hey, cheers, dude. This is going to be the last uh, review. I guess not the, this is the penultimate review. And we're going to record the re. Uh, this going to be the penultimate review podcast. And then we will have the final preview podcast for the season. It's been a long journey from recording on an iPhone and being just the two of us, like bending over and, you know, trying to speak into my phone's fucking microphone. But here we are recording with our own microphones, recording remotely because of COVID-19. And um, yeah, here it is. The, the, a very, very good season that it's been, except for Liverpool being champions. So cheers to that, brother. To the very, very good season and not the last part you said. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So we're going to get started. The first game of the weekend, or I guess a week, was Burnley against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Burnley won Wolves one, another one of those classic Wolverhampton Wanderers games. You expect them to win. They don't against these kind of oppositions because I don't know what happens to them, but they just can't break these teams down. And Burnley, I guess they'll take the point. Um, they don't get Europa League place at the very at at the end. Wolves don't get a Champions League place, so at the end, both of them lost in trying to not lose the game. But hey, I guess a point is better than none. What do you say, Will? Uh, Burnley, Burnley make people play boring football like they do, and it bores me to no end. And even Wolves, as high-flying and as much as we have heaped praise on them this season, even they're susceptible to getting caught in, that, in the Burnley bog and getting drugged into just some nonsense football that no one that no one pays attention to until they magically end up in the Europa League, which was supposed to happen this time. But ten dollars, you know, brother, ten fucking dollars. That's what you owe me. There's certainly not making it. I this damn podcast. You will find out that I have lost my ten dollars. But but we're gonna talk more <laughs> about that later. <laughs> in in the next in in some other match later on. But <laughs> indeed, uh, moving along to the next game, we got Man City to Bournemouth one. Bournemouth played really well. I think they'll feel really hard done by having not gotten the result. Manchester City will take the points. I mean, it it was really a meaningless game for Man City because I think it doesn't matter whether they had these three points or not. For Bournemouth, I think it's the best worst-case scenario because them losing was always on the cards for this game. But making sure they only lost by a goal, making sure their goal difference wasn't getting fucked over, um, really made a huge difference in making sure they still have a dog in their fight for uh, staying up. So I think big, big 
you know, result overall for Bournemouth. Man City, good for you. Y'all won. Like, I guess you got to spend a fucking billion dollars to beat <laughs> Bournemouth by a goal. Good job. Uh, Bournemouth played a decent game, but I don't have the faith in them that other people do. I don't see this being a team that's going to hang around for a long, for for much longer as if there's much longer left. Um, I just don't see it. I'd really like to speak to City, but I'm going to speak to one person on City. I mentioned him in my my Premier League best players ever in my head. Uh, David Silva, he's taking this long song. I'm going to give this man his flowers all he has a chance. Tremendous goal. Homie's just been balling since the days at Valencia. Uh, the two Davids just killing the game. I have loved him since then. I fucking hate him on City, but got to put the respect on the name because I put respect on his name earlier in the season and I would in continuity, man, I got to keep up with what I say. So I remember what I said earlier. Keep up. with. It. Yeah. I mean, it is going to be um, up- upsetting to see David Silva not be part of Man City. He's been a phenomenal player. Even as a Man United fan, I will very much accept it. I think it'll be a very good conversation one day with um, Braden in there uh, to see if, David Silva is, pro- in my opinion, David Silva is probably the most uh, decorated and the best Spanish player that's played in the Premier League. So um, that's going to be a nice little conversation if uh, we want to have that one day. But uh, I guess, as I said, good on Man City. You spend a billion dollars to win this game. So good <laughs> on you losing to fucking Liverpool by like 20-something points. Anyway, moving along to the next game. Prime Jose Mourinho was back against Newcastle United. 3-1 Tottenham. Harry Kane back in the goals, back scoring. I think that's what they were really missing. I remember the North London derby. It could have been a lot worse for Arsenal if Harry Kane had scored the goals. And um, Newcastle, well, you don't really know what side you get. Today, they got not the great side that came out and played against Tottenham. So... Where do you stand on these two teams, sir? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and use situational talent one more time because I have to. Um, and it was not the fuck here today. Um, Tottenham are a team on the rise, and I hate it. They they do this thing where they start the season. You're like, I think Tottenham might be decent this season. And then, like, fucking six games in, you're like, Tottenham are fucking shit. And then at the end of the season, you're like, Tottenham might be okay for the next fucking season. And then it keeps happening and happening. My accent gets worse. And I just, like, I'm so up and down on them. Like, I don't – y'all got a nice stadium. That's all I got to say about Tottenham. Like, they're going to turn it around. They're going to look good. We're going to talk about them in the same terrible English accent, and they're going to fall the fuck apart. And it's just, you know, the <laughs> the sun comes up and the world still spins like fucking – uh, Thomas Jefferson said Hamilton, like Tottenham's going to Tottenham. And that's all I got to say about them. They're going to keep being, keep being between fifth and seventh. <laughs> we shall see. I mean, I think Tottenham under Jose Mourinho looked like a very interesting prospect. I think depending on how their transfer windows go, it's going to be an interesting, interesting conversation um, to preview them for next season. But with Europa League, who knows? Mourinho knows how to win trophies, and Tottenham have not won in a very long time. So maybe they, Jose Mourinho and Tottenham are the mixture that could create havoc in the Premier League. Moving along to 
the other side of not North London, Arsenal Football Club to Liverpool Football Club. One, Liverpool looked like good old fucking last couple of years of Wenger. Like, y'all look like <laughs> shit, bro. Like, I don't really know what to say. I don't think Liverpool gave a damn. Y'all probably hungover still. Arsenal played their hearts out to win the game 2-1. And it, it in a weird way, like, even though Arsenal won, it kind of showed the golfing difference between the two teams because Liverpool didn't take the game seriously at all, in my opinion, and ended up losing the game by a point, by a goal, sorry. And Arsenal, I mean, they took the game seriously. They did everything there was and uh, came out winners. So good on them. What do you think? Uh, So in my notes, I had default the floor to Braden. Uh, so he ain't here. So now I'm just going to go ahead and say we were still kind of chilling, hanging as much as you possibly can because we knew what job needed to be done, what game needed to be played later on. Uh, credit to Arsenal where it is. They look like a really good side on the day. And I, of all the teams who we keep like blathering on about, I low key want to watch, I want to watch some Arsenal next season because I, I, I want them to be good so that like, so that they are good and I don't have to hear about them not being good because that, I just want Arsenal to be okay so I don't have to hear about how they're not okay. They're one of those teams where I'm just like, just be be the, the Cowboys. Be good for like 10 minutes so I don't have to hear about you. That's all I need. Win a trophy and just leave me alone for now. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting, I think, as far as Arsenal's concerned. Arteta is doing a job out there. And I think overall, um, it's going to be, as I said, interesting. And I... The reason I keep saying interesting when it comes down to Arsenal and Tottenham, because I don't necessarily know which way these teams could go until the transfer window comes. So until then, that is my go-to word while describing these teams. But good on you, Arteta. You um, did a very good job in this game. <laughs> Funnily enough, moving on from one side of Merseyside to the other, Everton won, Aston Villa won. Um, it's... It's got to be heartbreaking for Aston Villa about this result because the the three points were massive, massive three points for them. And, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Theo Walcott, ex-Arsenal, come, came up with a goal. And, um, yeah, I I don't necessarily know what else to say when it comes down to them. Um, I hope Aston Villa stay up, but I also love them going down because then Jack Grealish can be on discount. What did you think? Um, so I don't want to talk about Everton because Everton's playing a brand of football right now that is just we're here, we're a team. It's kind of the Burnley bog. They're kind of just like we're here for a hot minute. We're going to improve, and we're going to show signs of improvement, but it's going to happen at times where it's just not optimal for me. Like it's not, it's not working for me right now. Uh, this was one of those times because I'm desperate to keep Aston Villa in the league. I have this like 70s dream, which has already been ruined because Knott's got knocked out, of just like Aston Villa, West Ham, Leeds, Liverpool, just like it's like 1975 and the pitches are You're all getting relegated. Work on them COVID. Oh, like I said dream, not like fantasy. That like we don't want to get in weird stuff. <laughs> anyway. I want I want Villa desperately to stay up. I don't want to speak to them right now because there's another result that I'd rather talk about later on. Everton make me so upset. 
And I also want to talk about them later on because they make me more upset because they've ruined something later on, too. They just, they're ruiners. They're nothing but ruiners. <laughs> Interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about Everton or Aston Villa. I think it was a very... Very poor game in terms of what could have happened. And Everton, these are the games you got to win, bro, in order to come onto the table with the big boys. And they kind of remind me of Spurs a, a while, while ago, um, about a decade ago at this point, in where like they were there, but like, you know, they're, they don't really know which players to invest in. So we'll see how they do moving forward. Moving on to the next game, Sheffield United and Dean Henderson and nail Leicester City too. This this was a heartbreaking game for me because I really needed. If Sheffield United won, I would have I would have been a lot happier uh, today as things stand. But Leicester City with a comfortable two 0 win, big big win for them, and um, for Sheffield United, there go your um, European dreams. And um, I guess I'm not really sorry but I would have liked to see Dean Henderson get some experience under your guys. But as the Hayes form suggests, I think he's going to come back. Leicester City, good on y'all for winning. Just don't turn up like this in on the final day. What did you think? Um, Leicester, <laughs> this, this last day is going to be very interesting because I don't know what to make of this Leicester team right now. This performance made me kind of believe that Lester might turn around and just salvage something. Um oh, in the process they ruined they 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 ruined they ruined the feel good story as well. They ruined the fucking feel good story of Sheffield United. Uh it gets more ruined later on by another team we just talked about, but I'm gonna say that shit later. Um I'm really just upset that Lester turned up right now. Just because it legit it ruined a good story. So at this point I'm not necessarily rooting for you, kind of rooting for chaos, but chaos is you, as it should be. So, I like I'm kind of done with Lester, and I kind of need Brendan Rodgers to fall apart now, because because this actually this legitimately made me sad, because I wanted some hope and like well being for Dino Spumoni and the boys, but eh. hey, Dino will be okay. Might be playing in the Champions League. If not the Europa League, depending on how results go on final day. But it was a, a great story. And I think at the end of the day, people got to remember, for Sheffield United to finish in a top, in the top 10, above the likes of Arsenal, is a huge, huge achievement for a team like them, who everybody had written off before the season started. So good on you, Dino. You're still only one game, one game behind, um, I think, Nick Pope. And if both of you draw, I would love to see that if you can get the Golden Glove in your first season in the Premier League. Moving along to the next game, Southampton won, Brighton won. Uh, Brighton played really well. Mwape and Ings got their customary goals. Um, Again, one, one of those games I don't really have a lot to say. It was pretty boring, realistically, but good on <laughs> neither one of the two teams to uh, lose the game. So, Tapoon, we're back doing, like, the old thing like we used to. So I'm going to throw it back to something because I got a random-ass stat to pull out of my ass. Danny Ings is the first player from, from Southampton to score 20-plus goals since James B in 2003. 
Damn. I was One, eight years old. That's a crazy ass stat. I was gonna say. Two, I like I can't tell you what James Beattie has done since then. That name sounds so familiar. He probably played on a very, very crappy team in my youth that I can barely remember. But <laughs> that's the stat I have because that's all I have to say about this game. It it's it's Danny Ings as always. Y'all know what it is. Yeah, I mean, good on Southampton to get the point. And, um, well, um, I really like a couple of the Brighton players. And I think they are going to be an interesting team to watch for the future. Moving along to the final game from Thursday, Manchester United 2, Crystal Palace 0 at Selhurst Park. Big, big win for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and the boys. Every time Rashford scores, you know Martial's got to score. And um, I guess... It was Rashford's brilliance that opened up both the goals. He put two defenders on the ground for the first one and then a brilliant first touch pass. After having get gotten past three defenders in like one outrageous skill move, it's like, I don't know what the fuck he did, but he just got away from three fucking people who surrounded him on the byline. So, good win. It was a very lackluster performance. Wilfred Zaha probably has a couple of words to say to FA about the VAR not reviewing his decisions. And this has been my thing with VAR. His... I think he had a legitimate uh, call to get a penalty. But again, like, the ball never goes out. Manchester United go out and score on the other side. And I'm yet to see somebody be like, hey, we're going to take the goal away and, like, bring it all the way back here because of VAR decision and um i think it ended up not mattering because united scored two anyway but again uh i guess previously it was um no game it's a man united game without howard webb making a wild decision and now it's uh no games of man united game without var making a wild decision what do you think you're telling me var is the new howard webb i'll throw the entire computer into the damn ocean um <laughs> I I honestly wasn't even going to spend time in the VAR. I I fucking hate every time I have to say this, and I feel like I've said it a lot in the past couple weeks, but I'm trying to be real to every Liverpool fan who is listening right now. United are a very, very good team. Very, very good players. Decent amount of depth, and they're very, very young, and it makes me want to hurl. So all I can say about this match, aside from hashtag abolish Palace, so hard to say, can't pronounce my S's or C's, um, is that United looked class. Even in a kind of a lackluster performance, they always looked the better side, probably before they even got on the fucking grass. So, congrats. I I don't see y'all not being in the Champions League. It's gonna happen. Um, yeah. Fuck Crystal Palace, dude. Like, y'all, I was harping on the fans earlier, in the season, but like now that they're not there, fuck it, just go away. <laughs> I think that could definitely be a very, very interesting situation moving forward about Crystal Palace and where they have to go. It was Aaron Wambisaka's return um, didn't really play very well, and um, yeah, I think Oligan Solskjaer has given the boys a job, and we'll see if they can do them. But moving along to the next game, West Ham United 3, Watford Football Club 1. Big, big win for what? Uh, big, big win for West Ham. Big loss for Watford. And I've said this for a while that Watford might fuck around and then might like get relegated. It's a real situation now. 
where I think when I look at the table, it's not really looking great for them. I think their fixtures might be a little bit more suitable going into the final game of the season, but it's definitely not looking great for them in terms of, you know, being where they were at one point in the season. They beat Liverpool. They were the first team to to beat Liverpool. But here we are um, talking about them in the relegation zone. What do you think? Uh, first, uh, the goal by Declan Rice. I, I'm going to mention it in another goal in a second, but heat check, bruh. Don't let people who you know can take those shots take those shots. The same Bro, thing nobody knew Declan Rice could hit that. Nobody knew Declan Rice could hit that. No, bro. I had never seen that. And, like, <laughs> with him doing that, I, I all of a sudden, like, if West Ham do stay up, I have always wanted him to replace Nemanja Matic. And I think Chelsea want him to come and be a center back. Like, it could be very interesting to see what Declan Rice can do moving forward. But go ahead. Uh, No, aside from that, to speak to Watford, I know I've said that I have this hope that Aston Villa will stay up. Obviously, that means that the expense of two other teams, you can assume that Watford's the other one. The joke from forever ago is like, Watford looked like shit. I'm not even trying to say that Watford looked like shit now. I don't think like I don't think Watford have enough to get it done. I think that Aston Villa and we again speak to it later, what the fuck ever, like I think they have a little bit left in the tank via who the person they're getting their energy from is. I think Deanie's class. I don't think Deanie has the power as a captain that Grealish is kind of giving that team. Grealish also has a little bit more technical acumen to go with that to help them out. I don't think Watford have that. They have a little bit, but they don't have that kind of... They ain't got that juice, man. So, Watford, you tried... Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer, whatever the fuck Elton John's talking about saying. Rap. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, I think it's... <laughs> decision time... For Watford and Cajonas has got to show that he's got some Cajonas. It is very, very funny to me that they're going to play their last game against Arsenal. The team that they have made a habit of making a joke out of from time to time. We'll see if they end up being the joke at the end of the day. Moving along to the next game. Relegated Norwich City playing Burnley. Good win, Burnley, but it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I... Saw the goals. I don't really have a lot to contribute to this. I think Chris Woods is a very good player. Ben Godfrey, good job. Nick Pope, another clean sheet. Good old Popey. Sure. Um, <laughs> the thing on the the headline on the Sky Sports article for this was like, Burnley's Europa League helps have a Sky Sports. You don't shut the fuck up. Burnley can't go to Europe. I've lost my money. And Norwich are going to go down only to possibly bounce back up. Fuck it. This match is stupid. I don't even want to talk about it. Take your fucking money. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I hate that I doubled down on shitty teams. I'm going to learn to put my money. I'm, I'm going to learn to invest my money in smarter things. <laughs> that definitely could be. Or bet less. Huh? That definitely could be. Nice. For you, but moving forward anyway, Southampton to Bournemouth nil. 
man, Bournemouth could have won this game and really put some pressure on teams um, around them. But a loss really made sure that it's going to go to the final day. Southampton, good on you um, on getting the win. Danny Ings. And and it, it was kind of heartbreaking at the end when like Bournemouth did score and could have been a big, big point for them. But BAR um, kind of took the goal away from them, rightfully so. And um, yeah, we stand at 2-0. And Southampton, Che Adams, good on you to score the goal. And it was a bad, not the result Bournemouth probably wanted, but it is what it is. Writing's on the wall, man. The writing is on the wall. Um, there's always this thing about the, the sports gods, you know. Uh, the, the soccer gods say no. This is really one of those soccer gods say no time because once that goal was disallowed, I just kind of, I chalked it up to, you know, one for the good guys. Uh, I don't think Born, Bournemouth survived this. I think it's pretty much over. I think what I want to, what I would be interested in seeing or, you know, interested in following uh, trying to phrase it in a nice way, like my therapist tells me to, um, is what happens to Eddie after this if they finally decide to go their separate ways, or do they kind of put the bank behind him again? Like, not even the bank, it's like, do, like, he's done it before, can he do it again? Do you trust him to do it again? Do you want to be patient? Like, that's one of the things I would want to see. Um, but that's going to be something I have to follow on ESPN Plus because Bournemouth's not going to be on NBC next year. We shall see that. That could be a very, very interesting result for Bournemouth, especially, you know, VAR making the decision as it did, as he said. <sighs> Moving along to the next game, big, big result at the Tottenham Stadium. Three goals for Tottenham. Harry fucking can. Yo, I will go on record and right now say this. I am very sorry for every time I have disrespected you. The performance you put in against Leicester City. Holy Jesus. fucking shit. Like, the two goals were out of this world, right? Like, it's those are goals I can only expect somebody like Mason Greenwood to score. Like, Rashford ain't scoring that fucking Martial ain't scoring that. But there was this pass he had to a human song in the middle of the game where he's, like, in the in the halfway line. He looks up, yeah. Human Song's making this cross-field run, and he absolutely just pierces the pass into his path. And if Human Song had done better, like if he was Park Ji-sung, you know, as the best Korean player to ever play in the Premier League, he probably would have scored. And it, <laughs> it, it was fucking wild what Harry Kane did. And I think that's, that's the Harry Kane I've been scared of under Mourinho because it's one of those things where Mourinho has a target man striker like him who who he can depend on who he can trust and we'll see how the injuries happen um from now on because he has been very injury prone every season but he still manages to get 20 25 goals if he doesn't get injured under jose Mourinho, the i'm i'm telling you i don't think Braden wants to hear it i don't think many people want to hear it and this could get clipped up very easily if um things go wrong for them but under jose Mourinho, man Kane looks like a striker who can win something. And that that is all I gathered from it. I mean, once they were 3-0 down, Leicester City started fucking playing like kids younger than me. And I was like, well, damn. Y'all just handing out debuts for candies now. So 
I guess that for them it just the attention turned to next Sunday. But <laughs> holy shit, Harry Kane, very very good job. Mason Greenwood's better though. He he's got two feet. But anyway, what do you think? Well, oh, um, so here we go because continuity. I mentioned heat check earlier. The second goal is the is my favorite because it's just really really pretty, and I'm not even gonna sit here and try to front. I I popped like hard for it. I was like, oh my god. However, heat check, bruh. It's Harry Kane. I don't care if he doesn't have two feet. I don't care if he's missing a foot. Draco Malfoy has that space and that time. He's going to burn you and beat you for it every single time. They gave it to him like a bunch of dullards, like a Brendan Rodgers team does, and he took every inch of that ball and just fucked the shit out of it right into the corner of the net and blew my mind. I forgot that Harry Kane was that good at football. I'm not saying, like, the overall performance was out of this world and low-key because Lester ruined my good time earlier in the week. They fucking had it coming. So good on you, Spurs. Good on you, Draco Malfoy slash Harry Kane slash uh, Slabhead Willie. I don't know. Just, you know. That God damn, that second goal was so good. I mean, that that was beautiful. Like, that... And the, the crazy part is, like, I know Harry Kane's a very, very good player, but, like, scoring a goal, that just is, like, putting the cherry on top of the cake on top of the icing. It's like, you know, it's like, bing, like, here you go. It's on top. And th- that's what it felt like. And I, there were two dogs with me who were watching, and I fucking lost it, and the dogs lost it with me, and I, I, I just didn't have words to describe that fucking goal. So... Mourinho knows, man, when, when it comes down to players who are his age in Harry Kane's age bracket right now, like they are the kind of players that he can work with. I think at United, he didn't really have that. He tried to bring in Lukaku and everything, but like the fans wanted a different kind of football. The fans wanted something different, but it's Tottenham, man. They, they just want a fucking trophy, like whether it's EFL Cup or like Premier League. I think it means the same thing to them. They just want a fucking trophy. So. We'll see if Jose Mourinho can provide them. But the, the performances that are coming in from Tottenham right now are very, very promising. The good part about this, if you are a Manchester United fan listening to this, is Wolverhampton Wanderers need to win their game in order to stay in um, Europa League contention. Therefore, with the form that Spurs are in, they got to beat fucking Chelsea. So that's how you take the positives out of this game. Anyway, moving along to the next game. A fucking Everton Football Club won Sheffield United nil. Big, big heartbreaking loss for Chris Wilder and the boys. But hey, he took them all the way. They're playing proper football the Sheffield United way in the Premier League. Here they were. Everybody wrote them off, but they're staying in. I know that they might not go to Europe next season, but they won our hearts. And they will be back next season in the Premier League. We'll be watching them on NBC, whether it's a fucking Peacock app or whatever the fuck it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. And um, if, Dino, <laughs> if Dino's there, I got your jersey already um, from Sheffield United, that is. So if you're still there, um, I would love to see you do well again. What did you think, Will? I, I'm not going to waste my breath 
on the blue side of fucking town. The gobshite fuckers ruined my story. They ruined our fun. There are not very many things that we agree upon in this podcast, but at a certain point, we were both singing the Ale 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 for fucking Sheffield United. I, if I will take, there's obviously one thing I will take from the season, but if there's a second thing, aside from Fox City, if there's a third thing, it is <laughs> yeah. that Loki, no matter, no matter what happens to Sheffield United from here going forward, I might low-key just follow them. There, there are certain teams where it's just like... Yeah, it, it's, it's being that special. Merely for a yeah, it's just like, I want to see them do well no matter what. Like, I got a, I got a soft spot for you. Uh, a team who I kind of felt like that, ironically, fucking Brendan Rodgers last time, was Swansea. I was like, I just kind of want to see y'all do okay. Like, y'all, y'all a nice little team. Y'all cute. I don't want to say that about Sheffield because they play way better football, but I like this, it's just been such a good story and low key in a year of such shit. Low key, they made me feel good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am glad I jumped on the fucking bandwagon um, because of Dean Henderson very, early, uh, very, very early in the season. But they've been a real, real feel good story, and um, I am sad to see them miss out on Europe. But I am very happy that they're going to be raring to go again. And hey, for all you fantasy Premier League players, Lord Lundstrom is going to be back and it's going to be more fun. So we'll see you next season. Moving along to the next game, Brighton nil, Newcastle nil. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that game. What you got, Will? Tremendous, tremendous uh, grass on that pitch, man. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to all the dudes making sure that the pitches look great. Um, fuck this bullshit, bro. Let's go to the next match. <laughs> Indeed, I mean that was that was a pretty shitty game. I don't really have a lot to say. Moving along to the next game, Wolverhampton to Crystal Palace nil. They seem to have a habit of losing two nil. Um, Wolves good result. It was a very important result for even Man United fans to make sure Wolves were in contention and having something to fight for going into the last day. Crystal Palace, you don't really have anything to play for, so I don't know why the fuck you were complaining. Wolves, yo. I am... Wolves are... I remember this team. And this is the funny part. I remember this team from back in the day. And, like, I think... I for, It was Tom Huddleston who, like, rounded up the fucking players mm-hmm. and, like, gave them a fucking team talk on, uh, out in the on the pitch because they're like the fucking coach had done the same thing a year ago or so against man city or somebody. And like Jimmy Bullard, Jimmy Jimmy Bullard. Bullard, Sorry. And (laughs) I, Tom, he's a fucking actor. I was like, yo, I don't know what happened there, but, um, (laughs) my, my apologies about that mix up in the name, but they look the same. He could be fucking, uh, Loki, if he wanted to, but he decided to be a fucking football player. <laughs> it's like the opposite of Sean Connery, you know? Sean Connery could have been a Man United player, decided yeah. to be fucking James Bond, so... Um, anyway... <laughs> Even trade. <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers, man, um, from that team to what they have become, um, people can say Chinese investment, hey, they did not invest the way fucking Roman did at Chelsea, or the way the Arabs did at fucking... Um, Man City, fuck. I forgot Man City's name for a second out there. Uh, but 
they they have also become this very very good team. I mean, I am in love with the players that they have: Adama Traore, Ruben Neves, Diogo Jota, John Moutinho, and uh, personally, my favorite is fucking Raul Jimenez, dude. Like, I know y'all got that song for Bobby, and y'all say like, give the ball to Bobby and he'll score. He doesn't really score. But, like, give the ball to Raul and he will score. Like, Raul Jimenez does fucking score a lot of goals. And I'm excited to see where uh, the final destination of this Wolverhampton team is. It could be a Premier League top four finish in the near future. That is all I'll say. And they still got Europa League to go. What do you have to say about that, Paul? Um, again, I always refer to what I have in my notes. I have my notes here. This is the Wolves appreciation post. Uh, much like I gave it up to Sheffield, I'm gonna give it up to Wolves here. They've been one of, they've been the most fun to watch aside from Liverpool and aside from Sheffield, maybe some other teams. They've been great to watch. They've played just, I'm gonna give my credit to my homeboy from this team, Adama Traore. My wife enjoys him because someone took a rugby player and just dropped him onto a pitch and he was like, sick, I don't have to use my hands and just runs over people and as a dude who loves American football, I can appreciate the shit out of that. Um, I have one joke about this, and if there's any Wolves fans listening, if you don't take the Beatles song, Dear Prudence, and sing it for Potence, the homie who scored, you have failed as fans. Like, Dear Potence, it's right there. The joke is right there. Please, God, let someone... Someone on Wolves Reddit, just get the fucking song ready, because it's brilliant, it writes itself, and a Scouser's giving it to you. Just like, please, please for me, make it a song. And Loki, I hope he keeps yeah, going. What, so what song are you talking about? So, Dear Prudence by the Beatles. Dear uh, Prudence, okay. won't okay. you come out to play? I got you, I yeah. got you. Just put his, it's so good. It's so good. It writes itself. <laughs> I mean, hey. They got some real good young players coming through, and that that's the worrying part. Like, you can buy out the Ruben Neves as, like, Diogo Jota's and every Like, I guess Diogo Jota's also a young fucking player. And, like, you can buy out John Moutinho, you can buy out Raul Jimenez, but, like, they got players replacing them. So, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do moving forward. You know, it will not be interesting to see how they do moving forward fucking Man City, because you know what they're going to do. Like, 4-0 against Watford. Like, I, I'm, i like, just shrugging my shoulder. I mean, I don't really know what the fuck to say. Like, good on you, Man City. Like, yeah. <laughs> Watford, like, what the fuck were you thinking? I mean, I am very impressed with uh, one of Man City's defenders in um, Eric Garcia, the kid from uh, Barcelona. Mm-hmm. All I'll say yeah. is... He, they there are talks of them selling him, and I genuinely, I'm like Pep Guardiola, bro. The one one thing you can't figure out, actually two things. The first thing you can't figure out is how to win a Champions League without Lionel Messi. The second thing you can't figure out is how to build a fucking defense. So like, why are you selling this? Like he could be the, a generational talent playing in the Premier League. Because it's been, I don't remember the last time we had a Spanish fucking midfielder playing in, uh, mid, I'm saying midfielder, Spanish defender playing in the Premier League and being amazing since Gerard Pique, who played like five games for Man United. So, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been great. And um, I think it's, it, it would be sad to see him go, but 
here we are. Um, I mean, Man City don't really make a lot of decisions that make a lot of sense, but um, Cajones and Tridini got some problems after conceding those four goals. What do you think? I don't think much, dude. I think this is the death knell for Watford. Um, it and them. I really am putting a lot of weight on this because they had to play City, and City, like we all knew, City was going to give them that dick, and they did. So I just like I could spend my breath on fucking City, um, but I already talked about how much I like Oasis too much, so I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to fucking because like, you know maybe. Her. I enjoyed you for what you were. They'd be the one who save you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's I'm also not giving Minnesota that much credit either. No. <laughs> I mean, fuck Minnesota. But anyway, I don't really have a lot more to add to that game. It was, you saw this coming, and I, if I was Watford, like, all I really wanted to do that game was make sure I did not lose by more than a goal. Make it tough for Man City to score goals. Like, not make it fucking fun for them to be like, hey, we can score whatever the fuck we want. And, like, that's what Bournemouth did. Like, they made it tough. They made sure. And, like, between Bournemouth and Watford, I would really rather want fucking Bournemouth to stay up. Because, like, Bournemouth give, has played it tactically. They gave Man United a big result against fucking Leicester City. And, like, they're a fun team to watch. Like, Watford fucking, other than the one time they did the world a big favor by beating Liverpool, it's like all. They live in fucking moments. Like, as a club, the biggest memory I have of Watford in my life as a football fan is the watching that thing live when, you know, the miracle happened against Leicester City. But, like, again, it's moments for them. Like, it's that. It's the... They beat fucking Liverpool. And it's moments. It's never like they can't put this thing together to save their lives. And... FA Cup semifinal. You know, like, I, I would really like for them to do something better. I mean, the FA Cup second final was fucking hilarious, though. That's all I'll say. Uh, moving along to the next game. <laughs> Aston Villa won Arsenal nil. All I gotta say is, bro, Arsenal is gotta be the only club in the world. They beat Liverpool. They beat Man City in the space of, like, three to four days. And going to this game, I was like, yo, I will put my mortgage on a fucking Aston Villa to bet on to be like, they're gonna win. <laughs> That's the most Arsenal thing that could have happened, but a big, big performance from Aston Villa. And, you know, this was kind of a letdown spot that we keep talking about. And this was a perfect letdown spot for um, Arsenal. And, yeah, 1-0. Good on Aston Villa. They live to fight another day, and the day is coming very soon on Sunday. So we'll see. What do you think? Um, no, nah, man. Uh, there's a really, really good performance in there from Jack Grealish. Uh pulling a lot of strings, making a lot of stuff happen to kind of even give the homies at Aston Villa a chance. So I can't not give him his credit where it's due. Oh, with his old cute ass. Um, anyway, uh, I'm a, I want Aston Villa to stay up. I kind of like, if I can be real, I think I've said it before. I'm from Cleveland. They once were owned by the learners who were very, very nice to my mom when she worked for them. And I wish no ill will upon Aston Villa. So I just wish them well. And I hate that it happened to Arsenal, but for for all intents and purposes, they got beat out once on a pretty decent set piece. They kind of fell asleep on set piece, and Trezeguet fucking swung on it, like, uh, you know, 
Aaron Judge, I fucking hate you because I was the only baseball player I can think of, <laughs> but he took a swing and, you know, nailed it. So good on Aston Villa. I'm happy with that result. Like, that was one of – no offense to Braden. That made me smile, man. Like, I was completely okay with that. Indeed. I mean, it was a big, big result for Aston Villa. And, yeah, I think Arsenal doing what Arsenal does best. Moving along to the final two games we have to cover. Manchester United final game at the Theatre of the Dreams kind of became a there's a sleep, not really a nightmare either. Manchester United won, West Ham United won. Um Paul Pogba, son, brother. Claire. What the fuck what the fuck was that? Like what the fuck was that? Like I and you know what? I I I have I need to settle this with fucking everybody out there. You have you were gonna tell me that he was surprised the ball came and like it's human instinct that you know he put his hands up. You know what? It is human instinct. If you don't know what the fuck is coming and the ball is all of a sudden in front of your face, you put your hands up. Bro, you're 89 million fucking player and you are on the pitch. You're in the fucking wall trying to defend the fucking free kick. And you don't know that the ball was coming towards you? Like, what? <laughs> like, how does that make sense? Like, the somebody hit it from straight in front of you. It wasn't like it got deflected 10 times and it hit it in your face. It came from straight. And Declan Rice, bro, what a player you are. That shot was ridiculous. But Paul Pogba, if we don't get top four, <laughs> you are going to be solely responsible for that. But having said all of that and looking at him as one Man United graduate, the other Manchester United youth graduate, my boy, Mason Green? fucking Green. Don't ever fucking call him Greeny again, bro. That is a disgrace <laughs> for a player who's that good. Right foot, left foot, headers, volley, easy goals, tap-ins, tough goals. It don't fucking matter, bro. The guy... He's good. He's like he's the youngest teenager. You know he's he's not the youngest teenager. He's in Manchester United history as teenagers. The most number of goals scored in a season was seventeen. He was on sixteen, and that goal made him go up to seventeen. The company he's in right now are Brian Kidd, Wayne Rooney, and George Best. So like. United fans out there, like, I know why you can't keep your expectations low because this is something we haven't seen. And I think he's the most talented striker England's seen since Michael Owen. Like, if he can stay fit and if he can do his thing, Mason fucking Greenwood. Like, remember the name. I've been watching this kid for two years and you have still seen nothing. Like, what he can do, bro, like, against Liverpool, I think it was last year. Uh, playing for the under-23s. He scored a header, and we're down 2-1. He takes a fucking free kick with his left foot, and it's 2-2, and then we get another fucking free kick, and he takes a free kick with his right foot, and he makes it 3-2. Like, that's how good he is. It's like, you know what? It doesn't matter to him whether it's left foot, right foot. Whatever. Like, he's going to score regardless. He knows where the goal is, and as he's getting better, and I love the fact that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a manager because, I mean, Ole... He wasn't great 
as a fucking, you know, like naturally talented, but the guy knew how to score goals, scored probably the most famous goal in Manchester United history. And um, it's great to see him develop the way he is. And early on in the season, man, um, it was doom and gloom. Like it was looking like we should assign somebody to replace Lukaku. We should assign somebody to replace Sanchez. Bro, the green was like, who are they, bro? They got nothing on me. Because Lukaku had a left foot, Sanchez got a right foot, and he's like, I got both my foot better than them. What do you think? I mean, this is this should be the time where I'm a douche. Uh, but I don't roll like that. I'm going to give Greenwood his credit this season from everything I've seen from him. The kid's the truth. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, as a fan of England and also the USA, which I'll talk about here in a second, the future looks very, very bright, and it makes me very, very happy to see him doing well. The club that he plays for, maybe not as much. If I can speak to Pogba, I am going to defend Paul Pogba, but not as a footballer, but as a human being. I'm a very pretty man, I've been told, and if a ball came hurtling at my face like that, bro, I'm going to throw up my hands no matter what fucking game I'm playing. I'm bro, you ain't, getting, you, you ain't getting paid 250k <laughs> a week to play that game. That's all I'll say. And there's a damn good reason they pay me more to be pretty. So I'm just saying, <laughs> human instinct, human instinct, protect what makes you the most money. Maybe Pog was really pretty to some people, and he's trying to protect his interest. I, I personally, I felt it and I understood it. As a football fan, it was probably on the more hilarious list of things I've seen in a minute. So he did me duly well. Like, I get it. Um... I mean, so Mason I, I Greenwood is good. Like I can't, I, I, I have to kind of stick with that. Like he's real good. I mean, hey, like as a, if you, as a Liverpool and fan, you've been you can banging all about it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have said, I, I told you his name even before we started recording the podcast a year ago. Like he, he's a kid. Like it's kind of hard to explain, you know. Like he's just wild to watch because it's like he just looks fucking like. How Mariano Rivera used to come fucking close games. It's like, you know, he's got that deadly look. He's like, I got this. Give me the ball. Don't fucking worry. If I'm in the box, it's going to hit the target. 99% of times it's going to be in the back of the net. Like when Mario, Mariano Rivera came to close for all the Yankee fans out there, 99% of the times it was going to be a successful close. It was going to be okay. And that's what Mason Greenwood makes me feel like. And it's kind of wild. To see him. I will say one thing about. The, watching that game. Ole made his decision for the FA Cup semi-final. And like you know what. I don't. I I cared about getting to the final. But once Man City lost. I didn't care as much. Um, the hair. I don't know what is up with you bro. But like you got to figure this shit out. Like. You get paid a lot of money. Like, whether it's Dean Henderson, whether it's your fucking girlfriend again, whatever is going on, dude. Something's going on with the kid that it's not right since the 2018 World Cup. And um, let's hope he can figure it out. And as far as Paul Pogba goes, bro. Winner, Sunday. <laughs> or you can fuck off. Uh, moving along to the next game. <laughs> Liverpool 5. Chelsea 3. 
it really looked like two teams playing FIFA. Like, if you and me were just, like, playing FIFA against each other, that's what a game would look like. And it was just wild. Like, there was no defending at all from either one of the two teams. And absolutely stunning goals. And I will say this. Like, a lot of people will say, like, Lampard's team selection was faulty and, like, he needed a point and whatnot. Dude, Chelsea Football Club came in needing a point. And I don't think when they were down 3-0, like, it was a 3-0 kind of a scoreline game. Like, Liverpool scored those three bangers, one after the other. And I'm, like, Naby Keita's first goal was a banger. Trent Alexander was a banger. Fucking the third goal, when he all them scores, I'm just like, well, damn, like, you know, Drew, like, mistimes his header by a little bit. And that's how when Aldum gets his goal. And it's like, that's how fine the margins are at the top of the league. And that's why Liverpool are champions. And that's what they showed. Like, you give them that half a chance, they're going to put it in the back of the net. And uh, good on y'all. I turned the game off uh, when it was after Ox scored, basically. Because, you know, I <laughs> didn't know if anything special was happening after that. But you can carry on about that. Um, so firstly, I think if anyone has listened to the podcast all the way through, if you had drawn up a game from everything I had said about both of these clubs, I think everything that I could have wanted happened in the match. (laughs) So like Navi lad hitting a banger, wearing the number eight. My heart swells. Trent, free kick. Just, I I can't say much more than that. I, if you follow me on Instagram, at TFA Rizzler, um, I own a really stupid Genie Wijnaldum t-shirt that has his face on it. Uh, here's a funny story. People think it's me, so people think I'm just walking around with a Liverpool shirt that has my face on it, and it's hilarious. Um, but he gets the third goal. And I kind of was just already living the best life. The Dua Lipa was pumping, you know. I'm thinking about doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And then they bring on, and then Giroud scores. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Y'all know, handsome man, love him to death. They bring on Pulisic, and Pulisic puts the hammer down and honestly makes the defense look stupid. I don't want to read too much into it because, you know, Liverpool hangover, whatever. But low-key, that's a really good performance from Kristen Pulisic. And it happened in the same match that I didn't want it to, but it did. Bobby finally scored in front of a cop with a stage on it. And then Ox scored. And that's that's literally almost everyone I could want to score from Liverpool. Everyone I could want to score from Chelsea. The scenes afterward in which they turned fucking Anfield into Mercedes-Benz with the fucking light show and possibly blew up all of Anfield. Uh, shit, I won't forget. As far as the match goes, that was like early Klopp, where it was just like Liverpool are going to score a bunch of goals and you're just going to, like, and fall flat on their ass in defense and it's just going to happen. And you're going to leave being like, did we score six goals and they scored nine? What the fuck, dude? Like, that... That's what that match was. It was just like, bro, we scored eight. They scored 15. We only played 70 minutes. What the fuck? Like, (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very interesting time to watch that game. And honestly, like, it reminded me a lot of um, Man United against Aston Villa in 2013, where, like, we'd won the league. Uh, no, we hadn't won the league. We win the game and we win the league. And, like, we put on an absolute performance that game. And that was Liverpool. It was amazing. And I will give a shout-out to Frank Lampard for telling Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool to shut the fuck up. and. That, like I don't know if you've seen the video from the sidelines, that was absolutely amazing. Just him telling Klopp to shut the fuck up and, um, Fat Frank, you're always bit still, but, um, good on you beating <laughs> Liverpool. But, but hey, but but he was yelling at Pep though. He wasn't even yelling at Jurgen. Jurgen was trying to call like he was trying to defuse the situation. And Pep, I want to give a shout out to Pep Linders for just being a a feckless cunt about it. Like. <laughs> I'm kind of into people being assholes now, and Frank Lampard has every right to yell at him because he was being an asshole. They were, they were, everyone was being an asshole to each other, and I loved it. Like I low key like Frank being mad, and I low key like Pep Linders just being like, "Hey, hey suck on me, no. Like you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that everyone's mad. That's how I feel. <laughs> hey, I am. I would be very happy if on Sunday we get a dodgy ass penalty make sure we get to the Champions League and everyone's mad as fuck. But on that note, it's been a great time reviewing this past weekend. It's been a crazy fucking time. We got 10 games to go to call it the 2019-2020 season and end. What a time it's been. We will be back with the preview podcast and we will see you on the other side. Cheers, guys. Go calls good trouble. Love you, John Lewis. Cheers, guys.